five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier podcast to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually as always by Omni at Omni Strife, and back again. Yes, he's back, Jordan, at Sir Dr. JM. Welcome, gentlemen. How goes the battle? Goes pretty well, thank you. What's up? Oh, upstairs right now, it's the Only Murders in the Building series that my wife is catching up on. Huh. I haven't seen that one yet. It's good. It good. Yeah. It's good. It's got Steve Martin, Martin Short, uh, Selena mm. Gomez. It's about uh, three people who live in a building where there was a murder and they come together because they listen to a true crime podcast and yeah. decide to create their own. Oh, interesting. So it's like has podcast stuff in it. I should give it a watch. I, I yeah. saw the um, trailer. No, we just we just caught up to the Squid Game thing. I was yeah, just I'm, about to ask, has everyone been watching Squid Game? I, I have yet to dive into it yet. I'm pretty cool. I will. I so like I watched Only Murder in This the Building. I've binged through that. Um, I binged through Made, which is a limited uh, um, series on Netflix. Very well put together. Very good. Um, my my wife has been watching Made uh, because she listens to a podcast where they're going to be talking about it, and uh, mm-hmm. she's been kind of binging it. And I've caught a little bit of it. Very uh, very well done. Very some really good acting from some relatively unknown people, I think in it, yeah. stuff like yeah. that. So, Hey, I Margaret thought... Qualley is not unknown. Have you played death? I, I said, I said some and actually, <laughs> okay, I, okay. But, uh, I am familiar. <laughs> I was going to say, I got so invested in made, like I had, I experienced mm. all sorts of emotions and in like in episodes, it's like a, a full gamut. Like I, w- I felt connected um, to the, the main character, but mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I will, point out if you haven't heard anything about it make sure you watch a trailer also um there is a trigger warning. and content warning yeah because um, it yeah. does talk about domestic uh, uh abuse um so quite, quite heavily yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely if, part of the premise if a watch league uh is not a thing anymore in like a year we could do like a <laughs> tv show podcast <laughs> at the end maybe yeah maybe <clears throat> but uh no uh speaking of the chaotic uh list of Netflix and Disney plus series we're watching the overwatch league itself has chosen to go chaotic as well. You gotta, gotta binge all the, uh, the player announcements, most of which are thank yous departs, farewells. Yeah. It's, the, uh, it's very similar to the squid games in that regard. Well, <laughs> I, I don't, I have not watched squid game, but my understanding That's all is you need that to the, dep- the departures <laughs> work a little bit differently yeah, then they do an I, Overwatch. Show. I hope so. Oh, <laughs> uh, but um, obviously we'll we'll dive into all of that. Uh, share a few of our thoughts. Uh, Overwatch patched the uh, the Halloween event in, and a slight update to a, a character that I wanted to, to pick uh, your brains about. And uh, I don't know, uh, probably a few other things we'll we'll stumble across over the course of a two hour episode, right? For sure. Anywho, if it's going to take maybe two hours, three. let's maybe three. Let's start pushing the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. Well, it's official. The Vancouver Titans uh, let loose their entire team. Um, it happened on uh, Thanksgiving long weekend. For those who are like, wait, isn't that in November? 
Uh, in Canada, we celebrate Thanksgiving in October. What's interesting about the Titans farewell announcement is that it happened after we already knew officially through not the team, but the league that the team had let everyone go, which I get like, it's a long weekend, but it's, there's still sort of this disconnect when it comes to how the, like the comm side gets information from the operations side or player personnel side. But, uh, I mean, you listen to the show, you already knew that this unfortunately, uh, was happening to, to all the players. So any, any thoughts on, on this? I mean, I, I don't think any three, one of us is surprised. Yeah. I'd say, especially when you consider other roast roster shakeups, this is probably one of the least surprising ones in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the most surprising part in my mind is why they waited so long, honestly. Well, you know, when was it like, you think about it, like when did the team, you know, need to say anything, arguably it would have been end of day Saturday, right? Like that was when the contracts were to expire. And when did they announce, they actually announced the following day, uh, the first day of free agency. The thing is, is that you had Dalton, you know, tweeting out that he was LFT Changsik tweeting out that he was LFT, uh, you know, fried wiener tweeting out, tweeting out that he's LFT before the team had sort of made the, the official announcement and said the farewell. Um, and so I think, you know, Jordan, you do sort of raise a fair point. Like, yes, you know, they didn't have to share it, but like, why, why sit on it? Like we, we talked about, and I said, Oh, it's going to be Friday afternoon. And I was wrong, but yeah. it, it's at least surprising. I think, uh, you know, everything, like we knew this was going to happen. I would have been more surprised if they had actually kept a portion of this roster. Yeah, it just strikes me as odd when it's it's kind of like you've already got players coming out saying it. Um, it. It wasn't incredibly shocking. Why not just you know rip the bandaid early, give the players as much time as they can possibly have to start looking, um, you know, to put the tweet out, um, give them, you know, in air quotes. I, I mean, last week I talked about Toronto kind of owning the day when they mm-hmm. made their announcement. Why not have a similar thing? You know, it doesn't, I mean, even with Toronto, they only kept one player. It's not like uh, owning the day was necessarily a positive thing for them, but Mm -hmm. they were the ones that went that day. They were the big news story. Why not allow Vancouver to have their big news story, uh, you know, outside of breadsticks? So my take on this is that I maybe half jokingly would say it's actually sooner than I expected the news to break from uh, Vancouver, just yikes from their track record. So, well, you know, has an announcement been shared at all from the Los Angeles Valiant? No, I was looking into that today and I think they're the only team not to say anything yet. Um, I didn't dive into the individual players, but I, I also just, a part of me also wants to say it comes across unprofessional. You know well, when the deadline is, you should have an announcement planned for, if not on deadline day, before then. Yes, uh, and I, I don't, I don't, do not disagree whatsoever. Um, the uh, reason I ask about the LA Valiant is that that's mm-hmm. that's considered the low bar, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's a pretty low bar, so you shouldn't be <laughs> too excited that you're just above it. Um, the Vancouver hey, Titans record wise, it's pretty similar too. Uh-huh. Yeah, 
I mean, the Vancouver Titans are just above it, but there, there, there are other announcements we'll get into when we get into the fray that also, you know, have some, some questions being asked. Uh, but one of the things that I did notice with the Titans is this past week, they released a sort of, the, I would presume the final video we'll see with the old roster, um, essentially a, a, a showcase on, on Rolf. And I thought, um, I thought it was really well put together. It talks about, you know, Rolf's history. I was not aware, um, that he was a, a member of the indigenous community. And, uh, again, I, I found it quite informative. He talked about, um, you know, some of the challenges he experienced, but really everything that he has taken out of his journey. And I, Ani, you and I have said this both Rolf, I think would be, have been a phenomenal coach. Like I had sort of viewed him as being, uh, like the player coach, like what Jake was sure. this past season for Houston. Sure. And he does talk about in this video that uh, when he does leave the playing side, he wants to become uh, a coach, but more focusing on mental health, which is an area I strongly feel is lacking, not only in the Overwatch League, but in esports. Yeah. And if Rolf can help contribute uh, to the, the mental health side of the, the you know, player experience and do it well. The league is better. The team that he is helping is better. And, and I feel sure. he'd be well suited for it. I'm, I'm not sure if I remember the team correctly, but uh, on over on my other show, one man watch point, which you can catch on podcast services everywhere. Um, I, uh, I, I once reported on, I think it was Dallas fuel bringing on uh, someone as their official sort of uh, player mental health advocate or, or whatever it was i believe i want to say it was a female doctor down in the states and she was joining them to consult on all of nv's uh esports organizations yeah. so dallas fuel right. i think dallas empire and it was i on on my episode i i talked about how big of a deal that is because that really does need to be um a focus in esports um it's you know i mean look at probably a larger name than most esports athletes, but Simone Biles in the Olympics mm-hmm. that, that just mm-hmm. happened. That was a huge news story. Um, and she's gone on to say things like she should have, she should have come out earlier and said, I'm, I'm not going to the Olympics, yeah. but you know, when you're struggling, these things aren't easy to say, especially not on the level they're on. Um, and you know, this is a smaller scale, but these mm-hmm. are professional athletes and they should be treated just like them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we see this a lot in professional sports. It's uh, finally, you know, floating up, and and I'm sure it's uh, even more so with like kids, really, who mm-hmm. are just yeah. now becoming adults. It's their uh, first uh, job. It's hyper competitive, and and I'd say that the esports realm, right? It was born out of social media, born out of the internet, right? You're already exposed to so much information and criticism uh, and we hear it's uh even more intense over on the korean side and i feel mm-hmm. like that's something that uh, uh is relevant and and i agree like with everything that happened with the simone biles and i think like another thing that was really timely and i really recommend anyone who's not even a fan of sports uh to watch we're back to the netflix recommendations but the 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 untold breaking point uh a movie they made about marty fish the tennis player mm-hmm. An incredible watch. I, I didn't know nothing about the guy before. Like I've heard of his name, and I remember he used to play, but I didn't know what struggles he was going through on you know on a mental level. It's a very eye opening experience to see you know what what these athletes who are like at the top 
one percent of their game, regardless if it's a you know a video game or not, what they go through and what toll it can take on them. So well, I think back to that point of of Rolf, I think that's a wonderful initiative if he does get towards that you know direction. And I think, you know, what's important of this, whether it be, you know, sort of Rolf identifying this as an opportunity for him to move right. into and, and to the point the two of you have raised, like you look at the traditional sports side and how, you know, mental health struggles becoming more prevalent is that mental health is health. Yeah. Like if you're sick, you're quote unquote sick, you, you treat that, you look to talk to someone, you look to, to put together a plan to help you get better. And, and I think esports is well positioned to embrace support when it comes to mental health much differently than that in the traditional sports uh, side. Like Simone Biles is an example. When she shares, I'm needing to, to pull out due to mental health issues that I'm looking to deal with, I need to get better. You have people legitimately trying to compare competing in the Olympics to fighting war, which is not a good correlation. Like they are completely different. The scenarios are different. In fact, soldiers probably need just as much support mm-hmm. as, as athletes do, but to simply say, oh, well, you know, it's not equivalent. No mental health is health. I, I just, I think what, with the way I bring it back to esports is that how often do you hear players refer to? Yeah, I'm retiring due to mental in the, you know, implication yeah. being way too much. You know, anxiety, stress, depression. I need to focus on getting healthy, getting better. I think teams can progressively support their players without it hopefully getting to that point too often. And not to state the obvious, but I mean, last season, last season was probably worse for it given COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, I'd say it's definitely been less of a trend this season, but uh, certainly it was, it was a huge issue last season. I actually, um, yeah, and I know if my wife listens to this episode and I don't say something, she'll kill me. My wife is a, uh, a sport and performance psychologist. So she actually knows a lot about this stuff and regularly works with professional and amateur athletes on uh, on th- the mental side of the game. Um, and so much of it is exactly as you're saying. It's not just the game. It's everything, right? right. It is your life outside the game. It is your family life. It is your the the culture you were brought up in it is society around you um it is the stigma around these things so it very much needs to be talked about and i i would love to see esports organizations kind of lead the charge in it um obviously to some organizations they're going to see it as another expense but wouldn't it be great if if they could you know shift that thinking and and really embrace it yeah, one thing I would add to this, I think, like specifically for esports, they have one massive opportunity and another that's a massive risk when uh, dealing with mental health is the fact that the opportunity is to already learn from decades of of what you see in in professional sports of like reducing the stigmas and and like seeing where the pitfalls can be for. Uh, different you know athletes or e-athletes whatever you want to call it but the biggest like I, i'd say risk on on the opposite side of the spectrum is because this is not a league that has existed uh for decades and a lot of infrastructure is still not missing you'd never hear about you know stuff that we've heard about uh unfortunately from some players of that them having like to look for their apartments and then stuff like 
sharing uh you know a bedroom or something like that that would never happen like in the nhl or even the the collegiate uh, uh level of, of uh athletes so there's a lot of pitfalls where where teams are you know going through in the overwatch league that they should be careful of right because we know that it's you know the first seasons and and the overwatch league is probably one of the first examples of what's going to be more standardized and more uh carefully uh, built in the following decades but you know you're you're trailblazing here that doesn't mean that you should disregard some of the basic needs of 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 these players even before they step on to their their computer right the thing about you know I'll I'll sort of bring it to the Vancouver Titans is there is still a ways to go and I'll use Adamas Esports as an example their partnership with Adamas Esports was a very comprehensive one and unfortunately what is Adamas remembered for it remembered for the facility that they were housing the team yeah. in wasn't necessarily Adamas. I mean, the dormitory style lodging was, I don't think ever built with the intention of being long-term mm-hmm. and we truly don't know if there was an alternative plan for the team because the pandemic hit, but Adamas provided, you know, um, wellness training, um, wellness services, um, on staff, they actually have a, a psychologist and, the intent behind a service like Adamus is to provide this comprehensive support that, you know, in the traditional sports exists to some extent, but it really depends on the team. I just feel that I think more teams need to take this seriously. And if it's the Titans or it's the defiant phenomenal, but I also sort of more broadly say, I would love for, for the overwatch league to be a leader in this space because what they're doing is they're connecting with with young people who are still learning and somewhat impressionable. And if they see the standard is that mental health is taken seriously and supported, when they grow up, mm-hmm. as they are still doing, then they in turn know how important it is. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I get so upset when I see trash talking or, you know, uh, the misogyny that unfortunately exists within the space, uh, the harassment that we see constantly just because it's gaming and the current culture allows for it does not make it right. And I would love for this current culture and the future of it to be the one that sets the standard. So the traditional sports goes and looks at what esports is doing and steals from them. Yeah. Anyhow, um, long winded sort of, journey here from the Vancouver Titans mm-hmm. announcing that their team is no more a day after we already knew for like in an official sense, uh, Toronto defiant, obviously had uh, already let their, their team go, go, um, no signings as we were recording from, from either team. Um, but I did find it interesting when I started going over the official overwatch league, uh, 2022 player contract status page, uh, with the Titans, the, Options were all declined except for one um, and, or sorry, two Dalton and Rolf. And that was because if you recall, they had their options from the previous season uh, kept. So the Titans had all of their players on the one plus one deal, the Toronto defiant a little bit different. So with the Toronto defiant um, aspire was only brought in on a one year. So once he actually got the full contract, it was through the end of the season. Um, 
the Hisu contract had his option expired. The uh, Logics and Nista contracts expired. Uh, Michelle Sato had their options declined. And then Unsun J, Aztec, and Lostro all had their existing contract expired. That's the one I found real interesting is that you might consider the only two players, they, well, maybe three, if we can call them Hisu, that they had sort of thought we might keep around for certain were Michelle Sato and Hisu. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say they don't bring them back. Like it's just when the team has all the power with the option, that's a much more desirable yeah. contract. Why wouldn't they do that? Unless, right. As opposed know. to the one who get the player who gets to go to free agency. Right. And Sato and Hisu came over together from Philly. Is that, am I remembering that correctly? Along with KDG? Yes. I think from the past so. season. Yeah, I, I can't say one way or the other because I, I truly so, yeah. don't remember. I think I remember that. And then Michelle, I want to say, was on Seoul, maybe. Seoul, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, and I mean, if you look at that list as well, they were sort of the known quantities, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Lastro as well. But uh, they were probably the big names, right? They were the ones that when those announcements started coming out, I think most fans, you know, cheered um, as it looked like we were building a core. Right. It, it really does confuse me what, what happened with that sort of core that it seemed like they were building. Um, I think it's Overwatch too. Yeah. And I, that's reading into things. That's the only thing I can assume as well, because look at Michelle and Sato, they're both tanks, right? Um, yeah. And it's so hard to say what tanking is going to feel like, uh, going into overwatch two because of the significant changes. Um, and I mean, I think anyone who says that every character is not yeah. being overhauled is, is, is a little bit crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I think every character has to be adjusted and balanced significantly in order to accommodate this tanking change. Obviously tanks will be probably the most significantly overhauled, I'd say. So uh, you've got to be right. I mean, in my mind, they want to wait and see what the field looks like um, yeah. as long as they can. Well, and, and I pause because I say Overwatch 2, and anyone who listens to our show, anyone who's been following the Toronto Defiant knows that, you know, Adam came out and said, hey, you know, we're making these changes uh, because we have essentially a new game, new heroes, new meta, and we want to provide ourselves the opportunity, but also the players the opportunity to get that st- sort of quote unquote, fresh start. And I trust Adam and and what he says, but I also acknowledge he's not going to go and simply call, always call a spade a spade as maybe transparently as we would like, because it may may not be entirely in his interest. Mm -hmm. So I take what he says and then I compare it to what we're seeing almost every other team do. And we're seeing wholesale changes that I don't think anyone expected so I, I believe that then validates that point that he's, he's raising. And I think the more we look at Overwatch 2 and how these teams are approaching 2022 as a, as a season, mm-hmm. um, anyone who were to say we're building a core mm-hmm. has to consider that that core was Overwatch 1 core. Is it going to carry forward? Um, we'll get into all of this, obviously, in a short moment uh, when we dive into the fray.
back into the fray. So the entire league has chosen chaos. That was the title of last week's episode. And, uh, they have chosen chaos. We know officially that the league has chosen chaos. I had thought that it was chaotic simply because we were seeing a handful of teams saying they were going to go to a fresh start, but it's more than just a handful of teams. So um, pulling back the, the curtain here a little bit, uh, Omni puts together a spreadsheet, tracks all the players, and it makes it a whole lot easier for us as a show to, to make it sound like we know what we're talking about, or at least me, uh, Jordan and, and, and Omni here, they actually know what they're talking about. I just make it up on the fly. <laughs> And you like, I'm looking across this and there's only really two teams, right? Like if, if the league were to start today, we are going to see the Chengdu hunters and the Shanghai <laughs> dragons yep. play because they're really the only two that can put together a roster. Although I guess if we're playing overwatch two, um, the Hangzhou spark could probably justice, make it interesting. justice as well. Just, yeah, but like, I'm like, in a one tank game, the Hangzhou Spark need to figure out which of their three tanks are going to go on to a, a yeah. DPS and, and support roles. But like, if you had asked me two weeks ago what would happen, I would have told you uh, Valiant, uh, Titans, maybe Eternal, <sighs> definitely the Spitfire. Like, I would have said, here are the teams at the bottom. They're, gonna, they're not going to run it back. Mm-hmm. Right? The shakeups, yeah, they're quite and, substantial. And, you know, it's much easier to tell you which teams haven't gone and run it back. Mm, yeah. Or, 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 or actually, let me phrase it, are running it back. There aren't that many. Right now, we have 62 players signed. And who we know, you know, what, uh, right now signed on a contract, they are on a roster. 62. So... And it's just not just the amount of like players like Jonak or Super or Space, you know, each one of them has like a different reason or maybe direction that they're going uh, towards uh, next season, if if at all. It's kind of surreal to think about that. But when you look at the number of 62 players, right now you have 3.1 players on average per team. So outside of the two teams that you mentioned with Chengdu with nine and Shanghai has eight, without these two teams, the average drops to 2.5. Well, so, oh, I, I have another uh, little game we can play, something pretty interesting. I want you to, without cheating, without looking at the spreadsheet, let's see if you can, uh, probably it'll be hard, but try and name eight of these 62 players who have played in the inaugural season. Let's see if you can, or signed in to the a contract. inaugural season? Yeah. Mine. How many do I have to try to name? Well, you can both try. There are eight. That are signed to a team right now? Yeah. And played in the inaugural season. Right. They don't have to be on the same team. No, no, they they couldn't be. I mean, I I didn't watch the inaugural season, so everything I know about oh. players from back then is is knowledge I've gained. But, I mean, God, I know Jonax to... not on New York anymore. No. Jester announced he's retiring today, I believe. Right. Birdring is retiring from LA. Um uh Profit and Fitz, were they in the inaugural season? Profit is one. Fitz wasn't. Okay, okay. so just Profit. So he's on? there's actually only one player who uh still on the same team that he started with. It's an orange team. Is it Violet? <laughs> no. Well, no. So the problem with Violet is he didn't play in the inaugural. Oh, he season. wasn't. In, okay. Okay. Too young. 
Sorry, yeah, no, he he would have been too, I believe okay. too young. It's a little I, bit hard. I, Carpe. I'd have to go and look at this. Like I'm, Carpe, I'm, oh Philly. Carpe is one. Um, interestingly enough, uh, there are three players out of this list who are now on the Shanghai Dragons who have played in the mm. inaugural season. That oh, fate void. Not not uh, void. Fate is one. Okay. Was I right with Lee Jagong? No. Izayaki is a good one. That, that's that's a I, tough I one. Know. Yeah, unbeknownst to a lot of people, Izayaki was actually playing in the in the uh, first season. I you totally also have uh, um, the last one, Izayaki, Fleta, and who else? And Fate. Oh yeah, Fate was on Chris. Fate is another one. That leaves us with Architect, who oh used gosh. to be on the San Francisco Shock mm-hmm. <laughs> during the first season. Is he still with Hangzhou now? Uh, Hangzhou. He is, yeah. He's on a contract. We also okay. have Fearless, who was mm-hmm. part of that notorious 0-40 uh, Shanghai team. Yeah. And Profit, who you mentioned. So it's Fleta, Architect, Carpe, Zayaki, Fate, Fearless, Fury, and Profit. I'm glad that's it. That's it. Yeah. You know, I actually wonder, is it that really that shocking? Because you think about the short period that esports players, professional careers have Mm -hmm. been. We're getting on to season five. I mean, that's quite impressive, actually. It it legitimately surprised me when a name like Jonak didn't announce he was retiring. Mm-hmm. When New York announced that they were letting him go or they were not re-signing him and he posted looking for team, I was legitimately surprised. And it has nothing to do with his skill. It has nothing to do with performance. Simply the fact that I know he's been around the league for a long time. Because um, mm-hmm. even a player like, I don't know, like like Super, who I think is a big name, um, you know, it seems a little bit like the stars are fading on some of these guys. Um Jonak is an odd one out because obviously he'll be back on that list and it'll be signed. I think he's the only player who also never missed a game ever since the league started. Oh, wow. He played every single game. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, I'm not sure if he's human at all. Have you seen his video <laughs> uh, where he meditates for like, I don't know what it was, like 40 minutes, he wasn't even moving. I, I have not. <laughs> so hard to do. Yeah, I think it was uh, in the second season. I'm not sure. Dude clearly doesn't have a three-year-old. I'll say that. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, the only meditation that takes place is when the, the four-year-old's asleep. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but but it's super interesting. Uh, obviously, a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, another really odd one out is the Hangzhou Spark. You mentioned the fact that we're going to this one tank uh, configuration. Got they three. still have three. <laughs> I know. Well, the thing about, the, like, I'm... Looking at the the Hangzhou Spark here on the the official list, and you know, they exercised two options, mm-hmm. or sorry, they exercised one option, which was Bernard, mm-hmm. but then Gushui and Liege both are under existing contract, yeah. which then has me thinking they actually signed them to two years plus one, probably. Well, no, that's the only way because the under-existing contract sure. means they had at least two years, huh. right? So you have two tanks already and you don't want Bernard to go, so you exercise the option. Huh. 
very interesting because I, I could see if you have, let's say two tanks, right. And maybe a few months from now, as much as it'll suck, you cut one loose. Like or I, or I could, trade one, right? Or trade one, maybe. And maybe that's what could be happening here. We don't know. But, like, it's just, it, the, it wasn't as if they, <laughs> they, like, it would have been more surprising if they would exercised options, I think, is really what it comes down to. Yeah, because existing contract kind of means, like, they didn't really have much of a choice, really. They'd already signed yeah. them, so there's nothing to announce there. Yeah. yeah. The moves that I found kind of surprising, um, First of all, let's talk about the San Francisco shock where apparently you either win or you reset. Like I, I, I'm genuinely curious why the shock made the changes that they did in the manner that they have. But on that note, the San Francisco shock. So for, for anyone out there who takes shots at the Vancouver Titans for unprofessionalism or what have you, how do you reconcile a team like the San Francisco shock essentially tweeting out a thank you to seven players. So seven individuals names are in the tweet showing only six pictures. Okay. So one of the people whose names you listed, you didn't want to show their face in your tweet. And then when the uh, overwatch league page comes out, you learn that super and Choi also got let go, but you haven't even thanked them. And that's not to say San Francisco, maybe they're San Francisco is going to go and give them their, their moment to shine. Yeah. Maybe a bigger, a video just dedicated for these two. But this goes to the point, Jordan, you, you shared earlier, like, why is this something if you're going to do happening so late in the game? Do, do we know for sure that San Francisco will not sign super and Troy? Well, we don't they still could, that's a, correct. They, they could. could, but that's the thing is okay. to play like, Teams have every right to bring any player that they had released back. Mm-hmm, sure. Like the contract terms for, for the next season have changed. Right. Like arguably they may have gotten a little bit better in some cases, even though the, the minimum wage had, had gone up. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, yeah, maybe super does come back to San Francisco or maybe Troy comes back to San Francisco. I think they perhaps will come back at a different role. And maybe that's why they uh, didn't need to announce it as soon for them to, you know, to look at different opportunities. And I feel like uh, there was another rumor floats around that fits this weird, uh, um, you know, timing or what you want, what you want to call it is the fact that um, them both wanting to retire. So, well, so that could be another option. We haven't had, I think, any official confirmation no. from Super, but uh, you know, Aaron Halo of Thoughts, he had shared that. Uh, Super is LFT. Yep. Now, Marin generally gets if the bag is right big enough, and he gets wrong, <laughs> right? And uh, like I view, I look at Super as someone that is extremely marketable, right? Like he 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 gets how you need to to sort of have the ability to entertain. And if you look at you know his historic play. He was actually an off tank before he became the right. the goat's ride. But I, I like I, I don't know what it comes down to how teams will be put together. Like I'll use the Vancouver Titans, like you know, but this time last year, um, we had sort of talked about how on the podcast would it be cool if Vancouver were to go and put together a good team to build a brand? Like 
you know, yes, maybe the team won't be entirely competitive as you would like, but you can build a good brand, uh, players that you can connect with that'll embrace the community, converse, what have you. Um, they obviously chose to go in the direction they did. The results probably no different than what they would have done if they had taken the RSP advice. But uh, I kind of feel like a player like Super sort of fits that mold. Like I'll use McGravy. McGravy, I think, would have been a phenomenal pickup for any team that needed, you know, that sort of elder states person to set the tone, but also someone that you know would engage your community and be good for your brand. I mean, I don't remember if I've said it on show before or not, but I think Vancouver would be genius to sign Fried Wiener as a content creator. Um, as much as, yeah, but I think. Go ahead. He wants to play. I was going to say, want, he, as as much as um, I assume every player who's LFT still wants to play, I think that it would be smart for teams to identify those people, and if they're not going to re-sign them, get the conversation started. Um, Agilities wanted to play. Agilities was a victim of the Los Angeles Valiant move to the eastern region, but mm-hmm. Toronto swooped in and said, we'd love to continue working with you. Obviously situation, very different. Go ahead. Well, I was, so I believe the Toronto had expressed interest in agility's coming back as a content creator. Oh, and he had said, I think I still have it in me to play. He had a deal on the table from Vancouver yes, and then an LA Valiant came in and offered him what appeared at the moment to be a better opportunity which in fairness to him turned into a crap situation. And as the, you know, clock uh, hands turned back to Toronto and the option that was available at the the beginning. Um, The thing about that point though, do you see the Vancouver Titans signing their own content creator? Because I don't, they've got this luminosity partner in the background who says, we've got all the content creators you need. You need a content creator to host a, a live stream of some sort. Harb lose your guy. True. And I have nothing against Harb, like, but he's not a Vancouver Titans content creator. Like you look at, at, at Carcu and Fran and agilities. They are Toronto defiant content creators. Harb is luminosity, right? Like it's XQC yeah. luminosity. It's like a it's question of resources, I guess. Well, it's a Titans. Point. Yeah. They won't, they won't spend the money. I mean, organizationally, as much as they have done good things and they've started to sort of turn a corner, there are other avenues that they just don't get. Yeah. And they have a partner in luminosity who isn't as invested in the operation. And my opinion, uh, then uh, a team like, you know, like Toronto with overactive overactive knows, Hey, here's right. all the different pillars. And yet, you know, to, to play devil's advocate, here we are discussing the Vancouver Titans, who don't even have a player. They just have that name and logo and colors, which apparently mean enough for us to be talking here and speculating. And, and I'm sure we'll still be cheering on for these players because, you know, all of the players are, you know, trying hard to win and most of them are likable. Uh, sorry to go on a tangent, but to that point before that you, you spoke about Super and the potential of, like, maybe teams looking for that marketability or maybe uh, the Titans going down that road. 
I don't know. I, I feel there's a bit of a stigma with going the way that maybe Toronto has gone before when they try to get this marketable team with, with Surefour and the other uh, uh, Western players. I feel like a lot of teams are more wary to kind of officially go out and say, hey, we're not trying to win a championship. And, and uh, even though it's clear to everyone, right, when you're <laughs> looking at the, the roster that it's not going to win you too many uh, games, just like trying to to sign these marketable guys is kind of like something that I, I feel like a lot of the GMs are are not really uh, willing to do, even though it could do good for the organization, like player communications. There's just some like notion that it's something you don't want to do. So I'm, I don't think that that's going to be the route that either Toronto or Vancouver will go down. Well, I don't think Toronto, I think Toronto is looking to win. Especially when they tried that uh, strategy before and kind of backfired on them. And I don't know. Even though, to be frank, sometimes these, you know, um, marketable individuals can you know, bring you as good or as bad a, a, a record that these uh, uh, players you sign with the full intention of, you know, competing, but and end up sucking even though they're and now you're stuck with this team that's bad and unmarketable so it's kind of a lose-lose situation but yeah. we'll see I, I i you know what you you you've convinced me that you know no one's going to go out and build sort of a brand yeah. or marketing team with super officially. it's interesting i'm i'm thinking maybe there will be a team brave enough uh, to just sign up all those uh san francisco rejects and i'm sure super well, will <laughs> If it's the, the playing thing, again with, the his, play- with the friends. Yeah, the players in the thank you tweet are probably a competitive roster oh, yeah. on their own. <laughs> they would beat Titans for sure and, and last year's uh, uh, Toronto, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they, I actually think they'd be a, a middle of the pack team. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, in Overwatch 1, we don't know what Overwatch 2 will, will look like. Yeah. Anywho, um, any other surprises? In the, uh, Space, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, uh, he so Space has come out to say the gladiators want me back, but I'm also LFT, yeah. which equates to I got free agency and I want to, you know, bring Cash home in. the bag. Hey, why not? I, I I fault no. So I mean, in traditional sports, if a player wants to go to free agency, all the power to them. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a little awkward for me on the esports side to see a player go out and say, "Yeah, this team wants me back, but I'm LFT." Like, it's just weird because, yeah. like, you think like traditional sports, generally speaking, players don't go on the social and say, "Hey, I'm an available." Yeah. What, what was the line from uh, Jerry Maguire? Show me the money. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. He he needs his 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 ambassador of Quan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, but it, again, all the power to space. If if he can get paid, you know, he get himself paid. Um, I, you know, I I'm gonna go back to my my favorite team, Boston Uprising. I'm genuinely curious with the Uprising bringing back Punk. This is not a an, a thing against Punk. I felt he started to really perform well, <clears throat> but like he, he was out of, like he was out of the roster. He wasn't in the team's plans. He sort of found his way, get it back into it. 
but then I feel that he was more the supplemental piece of a puzzle unless punk has a vast hero pool that we've never known about and is, is the tank that you want to play. I mean, they, they kept Gable C too, right? Yeah. So, or he could be that thing that you don't really see on game, like a really good shot caller or leader, you know? Well, that could it be, could it. be but I like the, the cams being on this year, I don't recall seeing him mm. because I, I, when I'm, I actually wa- find I watch the, the face cams more. They're on, great. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, uh, especially the teams I'm not as invested in. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Maybe he is a shot caller. Maybe there is something that he he provides that we didn't quite quite witness. Um, that one I found interesting, uh, and the uh, the other one, which is just shocking, is uh, Ameng is no longer on the Hunters. And uh, <laughs> right, I mean, is that telling us that the ball meta won't exist? I mean, he's been put in a really tough spot because like. Gaga was better than him, even on the ball. So uh, yeah, no, I know it's just it's the end of the era. Right? Yeah, you like ought to chat. <laughs> like when you when you talk about the Chengdu Hunters, like there are some right. players on there, but what's the first one that has always come to mind? Yeah. It's kind of oh. that Jonak situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, e- exactly. So it's just it's a an interesting development, and then you know. Who knows? Maybe he's the newest Vancouver Titan or Toronto Defiant player for all we know. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Who do you think uh, Toronto and Vancouver make a play for? I know it's too early to tell. Vancouver, I feel, is going to go. And I, I'd have to think they're going to try to put together a competitive roster. Western or mixed? Well, I think, okay. I I think... Mixed at most. Yeah, like it's leaning it's, towards Western. I yes, like, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I, 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 I don't think they want to, in in their minds, take a gamble uh, on on an all Eastern roster again. And I say in their minds because there are other teams that have done that, have been successful with it. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Toronto. Do you think Toronto goes mixed? Yeah, Toronto will try to put some really good flex DPS next to Hisu. I think if they go mixed, someone like EQO would be a big win for them if they can get him. I think they wanted EQO last season. Yeah. They wanted him to come over with, uh, is it with Hisu? Yeah, from from, uh, From um, Philly. Philly. Mm -hmm. They wanted to steal their whole lineup, but EQO did not come. I'm looking at the list of players and... I don't know. It's There's so incredibly hard yeah. to predict. I I worry that teams are just going to wait it out. They're going to wait as well, long think- as they possibly can on the hope and the prayer that we will see more of yeah. Overwatch 2 and that they can get people actually practicing yeah, and yeah. playing on it. And like, I mean, going into this past season, in the offseason, you saw teams doing not quite open trials, but basically open trials where you, yeah, Washington you had to, justice are doing open trials. Exactly. And I'm just like Dallas, I think as well in my mind, a part of me says, what's the point? Because you're not going to be playing on the game that they're going to be trialing on. It's going to be completely different. So I'm like, uh, are they going to try and just wait it out? And maybe we get a beta. 
I don't know. It has we're, to be before not, January. Like, that's I, I, I also have uh, I have a problem with this. Everybody keep, keeps on pushing this this notion that it's like entirely different game. Guess who's going to be a great Overwatch 2 player? Overwatch 1 players. Pro players are probably going to well, yes. be really good at the game. It's It's as close as it can be. There's like this... Yeah, it's gonna be different. It's like a huge like like goats is a completely different game than what we have in this season, right? It's True. Two to two. It's gonna be an adjustment as big as probably going from you know goats or whatever it was the un the unlocked roles to two to two. That was mm-hmm. that's probably how big it's gonna be. I don't think that's gonna be as big as the departure that would make a team like let's say Shanghai right now who are who have this roster and they're going to suck because it's a completely different game. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Well, no, but like, I think there's a redis- redistribution. And, like I, yeah. I, I, I was talking to someone. I'm like, it's like, you know how like you can do your reset of skill points sure. in like an RPG, you have <laughs> yeah, a base yeah, yeah, yeah. number, right? So the Shanghai uh, dragons, they have a base number of skill points, but there's going to be a redistribution yeah. of those skill points that may not be <laughs> as conducive to what we'll get out of overwatch too. Respect yeah. the talent tree. Yeah, exactly. There and might be a much that can be said about like the, the style of play. Maybe a player like FD God being more fitting towards a more fraggy type of game than Moth is, for example. That right. could be something. Uh, but yeah, Overwatch Two. It's not like we can uh, play test on or, or do those trials on that game. It, it's well, it's going to be interesting. It, like the thing though, Omni, you're running a team. Would you be doing open tryouts right now? I don't think I would. No, I'm not, I think that's the that's the point that Jordan was trying to make. Like it's that seems surreal. My opinion: we're not going to see any movement in. Like it's going to take one or two teams to start signing players, mm-hmm. and I think it's you know it's it's kind of like that wall that's that we're damn that's about to burst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first couple of cracks, right. you know, it's concern, but once you know three or four are there, and you know, it's just gonna once the pool starts draining from talent. The team's exactly. will panic you, and it'll be a rush. Once Space announces he's coming to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. With Super. Yeah. Space, um, super, uh, EQO, Funny Astro. We can. Twilight's returning. Twilight. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, How much do you think the Titans would have to pay any of that, that former team to come back? And uh, is there enough money available to pay in the league to do that? Do they still want to keep their uh, Canucks franchise? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Of course, uh, I think it's. I think there is a salary cap in the Overwatch league, so yeah, there should be. There must be, right? It's just not. We public. wouldn't know what it is, yeah. but no. I mean, it's not. It's not just about who can pay the most with some of the teams. Unfortunately, uh, there is some somewhat of a, of a handicap with mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of. Others. I feel the Toronto Defiant may make a, a play for. They could a few of the players could, like a like if slime and twilight are available like that is a very nice duo yeah. compelling duo right i could see <laughs> toronto being one of the teams that goes for some of these big names um because again we know they want success and i think i think they'd really they were really hopeful this past season that they were going to see a lot of success with with the yeah. lineup they had um yeah. it, it, not to well i mean sort of to bring it back around to toronto but I honestly am still surprised about the Hisu re-signing. Not because he's not good and not because he's not skilled. I 
feel a little bit like it was somewhat recency bias. I feel like he really popped off towards the end of the season and Toronto, for whatever reason, was suddenly like, there's our man. And maybe they had that conversation with him behind the scenes. Maybe they said, hey, everyone, you step your game up, we'll bring you back. And maybe they felt like he was the only one that did. Mm, but maybe I just, it, removing sort of the last few games they had in the season, I wouldn't have said he stood, you know, head and shoulders above above a few of the other players who I did feel were were equally as good. So mm. I'm still a little confused around that. Um, oh, but ultimately, I could see Toronto trying to move some big pieces alongside Hisu, bringing them in. And and still, there are uh, a lot of incoming players from Tier 2 who are yep. apparently Overwatch League level. They weren't just ready in terms of their age and stuff. So that Oh, another thing that I f- forgot to mention, like quite surprising, is uh, the Atlanta Reign. Starting to clean up a little bit. I did not expect that. Who They kept only three players from a very successful... Um, run i think i'm looking here at the official overwatch league one so edison they just announced a little while ago contract expires as well yep and iris as well kai is under a new contract pelican 2022 option exercised gator is under a new contract hawk is under a new contract uh and then masa was already announced a while back free agent so gator and hawk they locked down and Kai. I'm a little bit surprised about Kai for sure. Uh, Pelican would be a no-brainer in my mind, although there were some rumors mm-hmm. that he was going to be put on the market. Well, like trades that. are still a possibility. True. True. And yeah. Masa probably it's a space situation where he wants to get a bag because he will definitely mm-hmm. get one. Totally. Yeah. Well, it, the, the Masa, it, space had the opportunity to go in search of bag. Masa? He needed his option to be declined to be afforded that opportunity. Sure. So it's it's different. Like if he wants to get paid, the rain had the opportunity to say, "We're going to pay you the same amount." Congratulations! Uh, right. So yeah, there was that tweet that Toronto, did, uh, sorry, Atlanta uh, came out with, like when a player, you know, requested something from us, we'll do everything to accommodate. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was in relation to Massa. Maybe it was in relation to Pelican wanting to, you know. Mm-hmm. play with our players they they seem like one of the good better organizations if if i can you know simplify it that way yeah i'm i'm glad to see they lock down gator and hawk um as yeah. as much as teams are maybe shifting to a single tank i think between the two of them they should have all their bases covered mm-hmm. um well, I, I suspect nearly every team will have two tanks on the roster. Yeah. Like, like they have to have six. Yes. Right. I, is like, I don't, I on like you go with one tank. I know. Like, do you, you legitimately just choose one, one person there and then have your damage flex over? Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a debate to be had there because if you're, if you're only, if your organization is only allowing you to build a six man roster, and go three DPS exactly, and you go three DPS. Then yes, that is a ton of pressure on your tank. And if that tank gets oh, boomed, or you know, if if that tank suffers mental issues throughout the season, 
then you are in trouble. And then you have a checkmate situation like Florida did where, you know, they needed someone to cover for OG. Um, I, I just see it like, I mean, you're right. I guess if you are tied to just six, Mm -hmm. the DPS, like DPS is where you supplement because there's a greater opportunity to flex over to a support, similar support style Mm -hmm. hero if Mm -hmm. need be. Um, and an over onto its tank more so than tank to support. But I just like, I feel teams will probably run seven. I hope two so. tanks, three DPS two support. I like, I think, I think that's, that's the more cookie cutter approach. Uh, unless you're the Chengdu hunters who already have nine on your roster. Yeah. I, I, mm, I'm debating putting money on this, but <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to take that risk this early on. Uh, I feel like we may see, okay, were I to place a bet on this, I would say we will see at least one team that only signs one tank. And then they, oh, yeah. they may have someone flex onto that. More, um, more than one, I'd say. And, that, and that's kind of what I'm thinking is I do think there will be more than one. Um, well, if okay, yeah, I guess if it's because you need you need a position that can back up. Like I that part I get. I actually, you know, thinking this through, I'm maybe um, less inclined to think that teams won't go one. It, but the teams that go one tank, like you got seven, I can't imagine you going three and three, and then having just the one tank up front, right? Like that just makes no sense in my mind. You don't. Like, cause now you're, you're so really doubling up your, maybe, maybe but, the best way to, to put what I'm, what I'm thinking into words is this past season, we saw players like Violet flex Violet. I don't know why I said that so funny flexing over to, uh, you know, the cowboy, uh, on the DPS role. Mm-hmm. I think what we may see given the pool of talent that is currently in the overwatch league and will be coming up into the overwatch league, I think we'll see more flexibility between players playing roles that's probably Mm -hmm. the best way to summarize sort of what i'm thinking i think we may see players jump from dps to tank because all the talk about tanks is that they're much more brawly now they you know it's much less about being a tank and much more about brawling and and you know being that sort of terror on the field um Mm -hmm. And I, I, I assume tank and DPS would be the the two jumping back and forth because support seems like the uh, the more different role or the more specialized role now um, going into Overwatch two. So yeah, I, I think that's that's probably better communicates what I'm thinking is we'll see more flexibility between players playing specific roles. Sure. Yeah. Anywho, um, time will tell. Next week we'll come back. The, every team will have signed a roster, six tanks for all, whatever. Um, talking about Overwatch, uh, Halloween Terror Events live, patched uh, today. We record Tuesday. Oh, this goes live on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> for a game that's not obviously introducing new heroes, and while it's giving us new maps, it's only for those that play Deathmatch, the skin game. Mm-hmm has sure mm-hmm. been elevated. Yeah, they're good. Like I I I I'm 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 hesitant to say skins make it all okay cuz <laughs> but I just hope they all carry over to Overwatch 2 in a way. Oh god. I I so the, the more but the thing is is the more skins that get added 
the more I wonder if that'll even be a possibility. I don't like, mind having to unlock them again, but just have them in there. Okay. I mean, I guess I could see that, but like we, we, we also don't know how like unlocking will work in overwatch. Yeah. Too, right. Like if it goes to the, the battle pass model, which it seems to be the, the new hotness. Yeah. I'm, it's free real estate. They already already exist. I'm inclined to think that if they didn't give everyone their previous unlocks, they would have a small riot on their hands. That seems that seems uh, dastardly of them. Do, do you think that's so Activision uh, of them? Uh, I had I had legitimately right? never considered that until you said it. Now I'm like, no, <laughs> please, no, don't do that to me. You know, like. The battle pass concept, especially the one that they have instituted in, in Call of Duty, it's it's heavily monetized, right? Like I, I Fortnite is a good example because they're the ones who really embraced the concept and sort of brought it into what we know as today. But with Fortnite, you could technically play and earn the subsequent battle pass with True. relative ease. Call of Duty, mm-hmm. yeah. not the same. And, you know, and Overwatch one itself as heavily as it was criticized for its, you know, loot box mechanic by today's yeah, standards, mm-hmm. it's very generous. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause you, you play like you play enough, you'll eventually yeah. unlock everything or you'll have made yeah. enough, you know, yeah, credits in game. When I consider if, if it remains the same, which it probably won't, I'm, I'm okay with having to unlock all of these skins again. But it's probably not going to happen like this, so I will be. Oh, I, I think I think it'll be pass. You know, I want to be like Reinhardt with like some epic skin, and I'm going to have to go and unlock a hundred levels. Mm. Uh, and oh, by the way, buy the battle pass because that's that skin will be only for the battle pass owners. Because it's like, and the 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 weapon is unlocked separately. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, that exactly. new Reinhardt instead of is pretty ex- good. Instead of having the hammer, um, Reinhardt will just carry around a pole, which does a you know a stop sign. Same amount Imagine of damage. He has, it's just the polygons, and it says like texture not loaded yet. <laughs> it's just gray. Speaking of actually, um, New World, the new Amazon title that uh, that came out, um, there's still some elements in game where instead of having sort of the icon for like the object, it says placeholder. <laughs> oh, so kind of like so like <laughs> that's funny. Kind of like cyberpunk, yeah. but you know, intentional. Maybe. Yeah, like, but I mean, it, like, like in game, you chop down the tree, the item falls, and you can see the na- like the name. But when you go into your inventory, they didn't sort of design like they didn't put in that graphic, and so it just says placeholder. That's funny. So I'll be running around with Reinhardt carrying uh, just a a, letter, a series of letters levitating at say placeholder, and I'll be swinging my placeholder stick all around. Yeah, I like the, the skins that came out. The hog clown is great. Even the Genji, um, yep. uh, rare Spot one, him. the epic one, it's very, very good looking. Yeah, Echo obviously, Ryan, Brig. Yeah. yeah, everyone gets a goat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Briggs is good too as well. I like that one. I'm I'm a big cosmetic guy when it comes to games like these. Back mm-hmm. in the days of uh modern warfare the original uh whatever year that came out um would have been call of duty 4 modern warfare call of duty 4 yeah all i wanted in that game was let me 
customize my character. Um, and I, I played that game a lot. And I just wanted to make my guy look like what I wanted him to look like. So I love skins. And nothing drives me crazier than when you get a loot box and it gives you duplicates in, in Overwatch. Um, especially when you get all four as duplicates. But the Halloween Terror, they've really done a good job every year with the skins. Um, I like the holiday ones around, you know, December as well. Um, but man, if, if they, if they try to take these away, <laughs> I don't know. I I'm sorry. If, if I, if this was, if this was still a Jeff Kaplan mm. gig, I'd, I'd have faith. Mm. I truly Jeff would. Kaplan, uh, joint. Yeah, yeah, like well, and now I'm I'm also thinking about other you know Activision games that I've played and and they often have you know a store where it's this week you can purchase these skins, but they're gone next week for, and you don't know when they're going to be cash. back, right? Exactly, and it's yeah, so it like I think I just that's that's the reality I'm I'm looking to embrace. So I mean, again, who knows? Maybe we're awfulizing, <laughs> and it'll be wonderful rainbows, unicorns, everything, cross play, uh, cross progression. Right? between games as well. All I need. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the other item that came out of this patch outside of the fact that competitive team deathmatch season four went live, they actually had a hero update and mercy got an update, but it's not the traditional update we're accustomed to where, Hey, you know, something has changed. This ability does this differently. What have you, it is ability focused, but it's based on settings you define. So if you play mercy, you've probably become accustomed to using guardian angels. So essentially hit the shift, fly towards your target. And I will admit that when I play mercy, I have yet to figure out how to master guardian angel in a manner that gets me away from where I happen to be. Well, at the same time, like, cause you can do it sometimes you can sort of beam one person, but then go to another direction. Um, I'll be facing like, let's get away and I hit shift and I fly essentially backwards, right? Like moonwalk towards, you know, the, the Reinhardt or the Bastion. So what you can actually do with guardian angel target priority is you can have facing target only. So that means only ever go towards the tar the alley you're aiming at the prefer beam target, which still means it may choose, but it's going to go and it's probably going to take you the one you're, you're beam on. There's prefer facing target, still a chance to go towards me, but more likely it's whomever's in front of you. And the, the setting essentially is you choose. And then based on the behavior, <laughs> it's going to activate. So you have to hold down the button for guardian angel while using toggle guardian angel on, it'll activate once when the valid target is found. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, you make this and you, when you're holding, instead of doing shift right away, you hit shift, you got to hold shift until a lock appears off you go. Now, two things. One, I kind of like this because again, it's a quality of life mechanic, but two, why are we getting it now? seems like a, a somewhat drastic change to a mechanic that I would argue worked well enough. Um, Yeah, no, that's, I definitely know what you mean when you say, you know, there were, there are times where you're like, Oh, I got to get out of here. And then oops, I went right into the battle instead of the opposite direction. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the moonwalk and uh -huh. everyone has, who's played mercy has experienced it where you're looking away from the fight and your wings are like, you know, it's like YOLO. It's Arya just grab behind me or something. Uh, yeah. Why am I getting sucked backwards yet? It's, I think it's just a matter of, because it's a system that's a bit more complicated. It's just changing a, a number input. They had to iron out the kinks a little bit. That's why maybe it's a bit late. Uh, but it's something that will probably carry over to, you know, the next very, very different game. <laughs> but it's... Uh, mercies are hard to hit. Like, especially when you're playing in higher uh, uh, elos. And we'll see that in Overwatch League. Like, some of the crazy mercies players. Kind of an underrated hero. So I'm, I'm liking that they're uh, adding a little bit more of, uh, you know, 4D chess mechanics to it that would show us how high that skill ceiling can actually be with a character. So that's cool. It reminds me of the changes uh, or change they made to Lucio's wall ride not mm -hmm. long ago. Um, you know, that may be eight months at this point, but it was a very, very sudden shift for a lot of players where they were used to a certain method of controlling Lucio. And then suddenly it was different. There was also the one for Anna where you could like actually confirm who you want in Nano before you uh, press the Q. Maybe similar to oh. that. What are you talking about? I, say, I actually didn't even know that existed. <laughs> yeah, it's also a setting you can uh, enable. Toggle off. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Boostios, ROP. Yeah. In some situations. Oh. Dude, I was playing Mystery. I tried to boost our, our Winston. Lucio comes just flying through, like wall riding, jumping off, <laughs> like get down, Mr. President. And I'm thinking, oh man, 5K. Bustio went and just went ham. Good. Like, I don't know if if he had to tickle them all to knock them down, but the play of the game is Lucio just coming flying through, getting nanoed as if this was planned. <laughs> and, and going ham. It's pretty awesome. I can Ooh. barely throw my nade without it hitting my hog or, or Ryan all the time. <laughs> and now the nano, <laughs> it's even more uh, devastating. Mm. Anywho, uh, here we are at the end of a pretty solid show. One of which uh, we got to dive into the chaotic world of overwatch league free agency. Um, no one has really signed anything that we know of, at least yet. Um, rumors abound. And as uh, Jordan pointed out, we're probably just going to be in a holding pattern for the foreseeable future, which means maybe next week we'll just start talking about uh, Squid Game made, um, only murders in the building, all the other series we might be binging. But uh, yeah, here we are, as I said at the end. So if you have reached this point, please click that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. We love subscribers. If you want to help us out, tell someone about the show. Or better yet, tell us what you think of the show by leaving us a review, podchaser.com slash readysetpwn, or any podcast application that allows you to drop reviews. Follow us on all the social media platforms. Uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, not yet on TikTok. Maybe now that Jordan keeps coming back, he'll uh, manage our TikTok account. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. But uh, I think I think we should just make this a, a, a regular gig. I mean, you've, you've been here for three episodes in a row. Maybe we should just, you know, make this official. Should we? I'm I'm happy to join if your audience will have it. Um, my audience will know that I might have already let let the cat out of the bag. <gasps> oh my god! 
Hey, I don't think the audience have any say in this. Like, they oh. begged for me to go away, and I'm still here, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, it's when they begged for Sam to go away, and it worked. Oh. They've now decided hey, they, that, they. That's they a different matter, because he wanted to go away as well. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, uh, if you listen to uh man watch point, you already know Jordan's here. Uh, I know we've been sort of jumping around the issue, but uh, yeah, we're back to uh, a three host team. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, Squadcast, which is the platform we use, allows for a fourth host. We're, so we're already like an average Overwatch League team, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we're halfway there. Um, what final words of wisdom uh, do y'all have for our, our listeners this week? Uh, Omni. Have you ever wondered how many people out there wear a costume all year except during Halloween? Wow. That could be very deep. <laughs> you, you could answer that, don't we could all? Be, could be. Hmm. Jordan? Um, I'll just say that you'll miss the best things if you keep your eyes shut. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um. What do you guys call a droid that takes the long way around? R2 detour. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, this better be a Star Wars joke, right? I like it. I like it. Oh, I mean, so the joke that I've been trying to get my daughter to, to embrace is why is uh, six afraid of seven? Because seven eight nine seven eight nine yeah. exactly, and so I, she's like, "No, Daddy, that's not how it goes." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Seven eight nine And she got it. That's not nice. It's like, <laughs> but it's so funny. That is it. That is a classic. It was like the bare naked ladies song. I don't know if cannibalism is not a joke. It, but it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and ten. What happened to nine? Seven eight nine. <laughs> Oh man, this is this is what happens when you reach the uh, the end of any show with me uh, attached to it. <laughs> but on behalf of Ani at Ani Strife, uh, Jordan at Sir Doctor JM, which you can find at One Man Watch Point on all the podcast applications. Myself, Chris at Lightforce, signing off with those magical words of catchphrase. Thank you.